What's up, everybody? Joe Rodriguez here coming to you from Bristol, Connecticut for another episode of the ETO podcast, episode number 24. Joined, as always, by Super Mojado. Super, what's up, dude? What's up, Joe? A lot of action this weekend, man. A lot of action indeed, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yes. Uh, and then also joined by Luis Perez. Um, he looks happy. I don't know why, <laughs> but he's happy. What's well, up, he's Luis? back, man. He's been hiding all this time. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, like uh, Super said, man, it's always a pleasure to to be back here with you guys, uh, get back in the podcast, and uh, like you said, there's a lot of stuff to go over. A lot of things to talk about. Uh, and first, actually, we're going to bring uh, in Bere Alvarez, because uh, Bere is going to be talking about the Under-17 World Cup, where Mexico made its debut today against none other than Paraguay and... Um, Truth be told, it was a very boring-ass game. <laughs> Better my line? Um, I don't think you're... Well, no, I agree. It was, it was boring. <laughs> yeah, not much action. And that's actually one of the other things that there's a lot to talk about. So let's yeah. get some football talk going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a very, very boring game indeed. And um, it was unfortunate because Mexico ended up uh, just getting that one point. Um, it... It's not beneficial to them and for them because obviously they ended up, uh, you know, falling behind already in the group. Uh, Italy ended up uh, beating the Solomon Islands 5-0 and, you know, they're off uh, on a wrong start, right? Wrong foot. Wouldn't you say, Super? Well, yeah, you you always want to win that first game to kind of la- uh, let the pressure go, you know, and relieve some pressure. But, um, I mean, one point is not too, too bad. So let's see what happens in the next game. Not the end of the world, indeed, right? And and you know the the islands, you know, <laughs> come on, they they everyone's is gonna beat him uh, for a similar score. Yeah, it, uh, on the table at least, you know, you 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 expect that. Yeah, for sure. So, better talk to us about the game. Uh, tell us what happened. What you see? Yeah. So the very first. Well, hi everyone. Hi. <laughs> Before you get into anything, hello. Um, so, yes, uh, the first half of the game, um, as I was watching, I felt that Mexico, one of the things that Mexico lacked uh, throughout the entire first half was technique. Now, one of the things that, you know, we've spoken a lot before is that without good technique, you can't produce good football. And, you know, Mexico wasn't giving that good football, at least with, with the U-17, um, we're, we're kind of used to just seeing. Um, there was... Uh, Another how how they show the uh, el costado. Not not sure how you say it in in English, but you're talking about the wingers. Uh Yes, les falta jugar más al costado. Okay. Um, and you know that's on the wings and por las bandas. En las bandas, yes. Okay. Where you know where they struggled a lot as well. 
Um, the first couple of, of shots that Mexico, um, you know, had on goal, obviously they're a miss. I felt that the first, that, that the players that were up, um, que estaban arriba, they were very alone. So they couldn't really, you know, finish a play. But overall, you know, I felt like Paraguay in that sense was a lot superior. You know, the physique uh, that the Mexico team, you know, has wasn't, you know, the best. So that was pretty much just something that I saw throughout the, the first half. Not sure how you guys feel about that as well. I just see it super. Whatever little part you saw. Well, yeah, I didn't really see much, but, you know, uh Mexico, it was a very close game, like according to the stats, you know. Uh, Mexico had 10 shots, uh, Paraguay had seven. Uh, on target, uh, Paraguay was more uh, effective, though. They, they, they were closer to uh, with five, five shots on target, uh, only by two on uh, by the Mexican side. I mean, it's, it's kids, so. Well, it's kids that people starting, are getting man. excited about, dude. Yeah, but uh, how many really. Players of the U17, do do we do we actually know besides Efrain uh, Juarez, right? Alvarez. Alvarez. I'm Alvarez. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you guys name a, a, another guy or a, at least one more guy? Well, I can't, but I'm sure Bede can. <laughs> All right, Bede, come on, get, school us, please. Well, yes. I will. We. I. I was gonna say uh, Pisuto. Um, they got. They got the red card. <laughs> yes, Eugenio Pisuto. Yes, yes. Um, he is a captain of the Mexican national team. Um, I honestly think that that red card that he got, um, you know, I, it didn't seem intentional, at least to me. Undeserved. But, you know, the ref, you know, the ref said, yeah, it's red, so gave him out. Um, and, you know, I think that was one of the, one of the, the harsh, um, the harsh plays on Mexico. And the reason why I say that is because this, this player, Eugenio Pisuto, he's very good um, in recuperar el balón. So, you know, they felt like that was the missing, the missing piece uh, throughout the, the remaining uh, of the game. But, yeah, so we have Pisuto, and then obviously Eduardo Garcia, the goalie from Chivas, Rafael Martinez, uh, Canterano del Atlas, Emilio Lara, America. Uh, the, the guy that you mentioned for Chivas, the goalkeeper, was he... Um... Was he the guy that was playing today? Eduardo Garcia. So he's from Chivas? Yes, he's from Chivas. Okay, yeah. so really funny story about him. So uh, I was listening to the game and watching it on Fox Sports 2, and one of the things that the guy said was like, yeah, he's got to be one of the shortest guys on the team. Short, <laughs> shortest? Yeah. He was talking about how short he was, so I was just kind of laughing that. He's you know, a goalkeeper. He, yeah, the goalkeeper, right? <laughs> Typically the goalkeepers are like yeah, giants. yeah. Hey, well, right. don't forget uh, Jorge Campos. He wasn't that That's tall. true. Hey, man. Oh, hey, hey, Conejo Perez. Come touché. on, man. Conejo Perez, one of the greatest, you know, goalies <laughs> in Mexico. So don't don't let the Super short, with the short guys, my, my guys, <laughs> don't underestimate them. <laughs> Super's just, uh, you know, he's just thinking about himself and uh, you know, he wants to look good. So that's the reality of El Super Mojado. There you go, man. Uh, so, Bede, what's next for Mexico then? So, you know, obviously they're going to go against Italy. Um, yeah. Now we know that Italy, you know, won their last game 5-0 against the Almond Ireland. But, you know, in this category, Italy is very strong as well. They have very good techniques. Their physique is amazing. 
So I think it's going to be a challenge for Mexico, especially after what we saw from from them today. Yep. So let's just uh, we're going to have to just wait and see um, how how Mexico can pull us off. It's not going to be an easy game. Um, so, so there's going to be a lot of changes that the coach you know might might put in just to yep. see so they can play them uh, more of a supporting situation. All right, but then, so uh, hopefully they get that win, but. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, the expectations are always high now with this under-17. I was going to say that, yeah. Right? yeah. They, they have La Barra muy alta, man. They, yeah, yeah, Two definitely. championships. It's hard to match that now. I mean. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, but um, that's the reality. All right, uh, Beta, thank you very much uh, for uh, keeping us informed with the under-17 World Cup, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, thank you. All right, Bye. So, Super, let's go ahead and... Uh, uh, wrap this up really quick. Um, so do you think that this team has what it takes based on what you saw today? Well, I don't know, Joe. It's, uh, it's going to be complicated. <sighs> there was a lot of... <sighs> that's all I heard. It's, it's what just the hell compli- does that mean? It's complicated, man. I mean, like I said, it is. they have high... Uh, we're we're expecting a lot from, from them. We're going to expect that they, they get the championship like 2005 and 2011. That's hard to... To uh, compare to, you know, that's hard to. Uh, to that's top. a hard goal to 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 meet, you know. <clears throat> so, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, um, just I personally think that it, it is going to be tough. Um, I think that uh, especially in, in the youth sides, you notice that the quality gap has gotten even significantly smaller than. Las Mayores, you know, if you look oh, at yeah. the uh, if you look at the top teams, right, and you look at all the senior levels, the quality has increased. And yes, despite the fact that the big teams typically always win, right? So we have your Germany's, Argentina's, Brazil's, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then even the ones who have not won a World Cup but are always good, like uh, Holland, right? They're always good. But even um, even them, like so, in the in you see the gap just getting. You know, just slimmer. And the under seventeen, again, Mexico has won, so that's yeah. already yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. already a miracle in its own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the gap in the in the smaller um, World Cups and the younger uh, tournaments, it's gotten even smaller. So that's why I think that a lot of people are definitely always thinking, well, we have a chance because everybody really has a chance. Uh, Luis Perez, let's bring you back in this conversation and really quick give us your assessment. On what you saw today, if anything, uh, and just uh, your overall thoughts about this youth uh, under 17 World Cup, man. I think uh, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, expectations for this team are always high uh, because, if I'm not mistaken, Mexico already has two championships uh, under their belt in this division. Right. Um, so, like uh, Super said, uh, they have a, a high standard uh, to live up to. Uh, unfortunately, I think. Uh, we had this conversation, what was it, for the U-20s, was it, uh, on a podcast, Damien, yeah. where um, there's always a, a lot of hype going in, and then uh, it usually starts dwindling out after the first, second game um, where they don't live up to the hype. Um, this game was against Paraguay, from what I saw. I, I didn't watch the game, but from what I saw on the stat sheet, I mean, Uruguay pretty much just pummeled them. I think it was, what, 21 fouls to six yeah which is the south american style of right. good play sometimes so uh very physical know, maybe it just wasn't a, a good matchup for him I, i'm really interested to see what they could do with italy before i think you could uh, make a good assessment on it 
Yeah, and Italy ended up playing Solomon Islands, so it's not like it definitely gives yeah, you a, a good sense of how competitive they are, right? Yeah, they didn't have a good <laughs> com- competition. Right, like but so that com- you know that comparison stuff. The good thing, and I guess what um, the good the the teams that Liga MX every team has a U seventeen uh, team yep. now, so True. they have the competition there, and and they're you know they're they're getting a their formation now really really uh looked into you know and 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 that's a good thing for the the, the youngsters in, in in mexico so that they have someone that backs them up now yeah yeah you, you know? mentioned that, that that definitely makes uh the game the game stronger in general for mexico uh some of the players who were on that team are from chivas yeah yeah better wrote a really good article the other day about um you know how the the this national team has a lot of canteranos from Chivas, from Atlas, from uh, Pachuca, I believe. I can't remember the other the other teams that you mentioned. But anyway, the point is that these teams are relatively uh, powerful youth systems, right? They have relatively yeah, yeah. well known, or, or that's what they're known it's for, a right? Well known, yeah, right, well right. Known. So, so that's why there was a lot of expectations surrounding this team because when you have those type of schools bring in a lot of those players it's because something good is happening and they can be they could be meshing really well well this is the perfect platform to show that you know they're they're being uh you know really worked on you know and hopefully hopefully they just you know do a lot more during this tournament you know and um i don't know uh what do you uh, what do you think, uh, Luis? Do you think uh, any other players from this team uh, will stand out in this World Cup? I mean, uh, hopefully we can get a few standouts. Um, like you said uh, earlier, though, unfortunately, even though all these teams have uh, those U-17 canteras going for them, um, a lot of names aren't real household, except for uh, the kid that plays on, uh, was it the Galaxy? Is it Alvarez? Yeah, Alvarez. Um, other than that, I'm not really familiar with a lot of the names either. Um, but hopefully you could get one or two from the Camada that uh, makes an impact even uh, in the next level. Uh, Primera and Liga MX and uh, maybe even the, the Selecciona for, I mean, it's, it's going to be a process still. But you never know. I mean, maybe Tata's already looking at, at a few youngsters to take up uh, if they show him anything. And and yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. A good point you bring out. Uh, Tata Martinez uh, has um, you know, has been using a lot of young guys in the in the you know in the big team. So it, they have to work hard because they they have to ex- they gotta have those expectations to that if they do good in the 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 young teams they they are gonna eventually you know migrate to the big team you know so why don't we go ahead and talk now about tomorrow's game um LAFC <laughs> right oh yeah versus Seattle Sounders Western Conference Finals uh and for that we're trying to bring in uh Luis Bravo he's going to be on just a second as soon as we connect him but uh I really want to get your thoughts for a super because Last week, I believe you mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you thought that whoever ended up winning that that game was going to be the MLS Cup champ. Is that right? Uh, well, at least the Western 
uh, champion, you know, and and I I did see LAFC if they won that game, specifically the El Tráfico, the their chances of winning the whole thing were very high, and I still believe so. So, well, I mean, I I think they're gonna be in the uh, finals. I think LAFC showed. Um, that they could finally beat their their Coco in a way. Uh, they finally got past that big hurdle that they had all season uh, and even since last year. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be, uh, although Seattle isn't an easy team, I think they have enough to to win. Um, as far as win the whole thing, I can't agree just because uh, in my bracket I still have Atlanta going back-to-back, so <laughs> I'm going to have to stick with that. <laughs> Don't even talk about brackets, man. My bracket got shattered with Philadelphia and Fabian exiting uh, last oh, time around. Uh, all right, let's bring in Luis Bravo. Luis, um, we're not talking about Mexico. We're talking about the Western Tra- Conference uh, final. Yeah, uh, no, el tráfico. tráfico. It's over. <laughs> That's already in the history. <laughs> hey, uh, Luis, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Hey, Joe. How's it going? Super. And Luis, how are you guys? Hey, what's up, Awesome, man? dude. All right, let's talk about it, man. Uh, I know that you were at the game and you're probably still having some uh, nice dreams and uh, some flashbacks at the same time about the joy that you definitely, um, you know, got to feel as a fan of LAFC after they beat the Galaxy. But let's talk about tomorrow. What's at stake? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's at stake is the ticket to the finals and uh, hosting the MLS Cup here in L.A. And... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it sounds like a big deal, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, uh, <laughs> and the possibility of even facing the current champion, which is Atlanta, who has also a tough task. And uh, Toronto, who surprisingly has made it to the conference final in the East. So, uh, but yeah, but ahead of them is a, a strong Seattle team, like Bob Bradley did say today in the interview that he had at practice. Um, Seattle was the second best team uh, in the Western Conference at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, that's why they were able to host the two home games, I believe, yeah. previously. Yeah. So, um, two, yeah. Yep. So we have the two best teams in the Western Conference, and uh, it's it's bound to be a really great match tomorrow. And obviously, uh, what I consider an even bigger test for LAFC, because now that they got that uh, monkey off their back of beating uh, LA Galaxy, can they really get over that hurdle and actually make it now to the MLS Cup uh, in their second season? Pretty much just how Atlanta was able to do it last year. Yeah. And uh, and so we're, we're going to be able to see that tomorrow. And like I said, Seattle is not a, a weak team. It's not a team that just somehow luckily made it to the Western Conference Finals, but they were the second strongest team in the West. Yeah, and uh, they do have that uh, history that... well. <laughs> In the regular season, LAFC beat him once and tied him another. So now is LAFC is going to be playing kind of like the the same thing that they were facing against the Galaxy that Seattle now has to beat them because they didn't beat him in the regular season, you know? So it's two games, and they didn't have good results under, uh, for Seattle. So hopefully... Or we'll see how it how Hopefully. They what do you mean, hopefully? You're an LFC fan? <laughs> you can't be saying hopefully. So all, right, all, right. all right. For Luis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Luis. Hopefully for Luis. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Luis, um, let, let's talk really quick about um, 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And the reason why I want to talk about him is because he just gets away with so much stuff, man. And it's incredible how, you know, he just, he's Zlatan. And a lot of people look at his stuff and he go, they go like, well, it's Zlatan, you know, whatever. But I want, I want to play this and, and I know a lot of people heard it, uh, but I, I'm not sure if you did. And I just want to play it for you. And then I want you to give me your thoughts, okay? Because I, I thought it was hilarious, but at the same time, uh, again, you know, or is it uh, people just giving him enough credit for being Slatan, or was he just a jerk? So let's hear it. Do you feel you helped create a derby here in the MLS? Do you feel you helped create this rivalry in the MLS? I made LFC famous, no? <laughs> I made even Villa famous, so... I should be happy. Imagine if I'm not here anymore. <laughs> You're all here, no? You should be over there and talk to them. All right, Luis. He said that he made Bella famous. <laughs> Give me your thoughts about that. Well, I mean, obviously, for all of us that knew Bella before Slatan uh, came to MLS, we know obviously that's <laughs> not true. Anyone that's really been following uh, football uh, with Bella out in Europe, uh, when he came here, when he won, actually, I know you guys were talking about before, he was one on the last, no, the, the first team, uh, the U, first U-17 team for Mexico that won the World Cup. Right. So, I mean, Vela has had success before this, uh, this uh, beginning of this rivalry with the LA Galaxy. And, I mean, obviously, I guess for a lot of fans that are not, that were not previously too involved with soccer, especially with MLS, I mean, Slatan did get, I could say, a, a bigger audience that may have not been there before. And obviously, his uh, flamboyant style of uh, his remarks that uh, a lot of people like and a lot of people dislike as well. Uh, I think it, it did help bring this library up to what it's been so far. But uh, <laughs> but obviously, no, he he did not make uh, Carlos de la Famous. <laughs> so... <laughs> Here, you just mentioned that uh, he brought up uh, MLS. Uh, can you repeat those words to another level, or what did you say exactly? Like more popular, or what was it that you said? No, well, uh, what I was saying is pretty much Slatan. I feel like he brought eyes from people that were not too involved in the MLS. Okay, yeah. So, so he, 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 he probably, yeah. So he probably. Here's what I wanted to uh, say about this, about that, really quick, because you're not the first person to say that, actually. And what I wanted to just point out is that. A lot of people forget that in the MLS, there was a little guy by the name of David Beckham <laughs> who I, also played. I actually just had the same thing in my mind. Who also played for the LA Galaxy, who was probably a bigger icon than Slatan. I'm not saying that he was a better player, right? But at the time when, <laughs> when uh, Beckham arrived to the MLS, I remember that because I was working for Fox Soccer Channel and we went to cover that at the Home Depot Center back then or as it was known then. And to this day, for me, uh, if you take away like a Super Bowl or, or an NBA final or stuff like that, that is still probably the biggest event that I've ever covered in my life. You know, <laughs> if you take away again, like World Cups or stuff like that, that's like just like a whole another level, right? But for one mm -hmm. person, for one athlete, I have never seen so much media cover a person's arrival, a player's arrival, than the way 
that the media in LA covered David Beckham, Beckham's arrival because we're talking about like people flew in from all over the world, Japan, Europe, you know, China. E, I remember like, uh, like you know, Access Hollywood, like all these like crazy <laughs> like you know media outlets that would never ever cover sports were there. Again, I'm not saying that Slatan is not popular. I mean, he did like his Tonight Show and he did all kinds of like really cool, funny stuff. But like, he did not draw the interest the same way or at the same level that Beckham I, did. I think that's what broke actually something in the MLS that the um, Beckham's arrival to to the MLS. That's when a lot more players turned this way, you know, and yeah. decided to come to play to the MLS. Yeah. So I, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, Joe, you're completely right. I mean, he, when Beckham came over, the thing was that he brought people that were not interested in soccer at all. Correct. So he brought a lot of viewership from people, maybe like in the Hollywood industry, that just wanted the hot, the hot seat, the hot ticket to go to the game, to be there just to... I mean, at that time, obviously, social media was in its uh, beginning Infancy. stages. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And um, so, I mean, everybody wanted to be there, be at the... He brought out uh, a lot of uh, female following. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So Beckham was a different style, was a different people that he brought in. And I feel like Latan is also, he brought on different, a completely different demographic. True. Maybe people that were more involved in soccer, maybe more European soccer and were not too involved in MLS. Yeah. No, that's, that's a fair assessment. I can definitely, uh, agree with that statement. Uh, <laughs> but for him to say that, you know, that he made LAFC famous and that, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the casual fan or the casual reporter that probably went to cover the um, LAFC games when they played the Galaxy, you know, they were thinking, well, you know, Slatan is the star, so let's go cover him. He's definitely funny. He says a lot of crazy and wacky things. <laughs> so he makes an incredible interview. And that's why, obviously, like, you know, even with us here at the 3 Online, he, he may not be a Mexican player, but he's a star, and you cover stars no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he gives a lot of great content for all of us. Absolutely, oh, man. He's hilarious. He's a funny ass guy, man. Like he's the type of dude that I wish like was my buddy. You know, that's the type yeah. of guy that I wish I could go grab a beer with because you know he's gonna be talking shit. <laughs> so as far as that goes, like yeah, but like for him to say something like that, I, I was just curious what your take was on that. All right, let's uh let's spin it to tomorrow's game now. Uh, and you mentioned that Rob Bradley said that. They're not going to take anyone lightly. Obviously, Seattle, a very dangerous team. What do you think the biggest concern is for the LAFC squad when they take on uh, the Sounders tomorrow? I think their biggest concern, like has like it has been uh, throughout the season, has been their back line. Mm. Um, we saw the last game. They were able, actually, to contain Slata. I don't know if it was more of... Uh, Actually, the game prior for Galaxy against uh, Minnesota United, where they actually they pushed them around a lot, they pushed a lot of uh, the Galaxy players a lot around a lot, which kind of caused them to be a little bit uneasy. And I feel like that's the same approach uh, LAFC took in this last game, being a little bit more physical, uh, attacking their forwards before they got the ball. And one of the big uh, absences in the last game was Walker Zimmerman. Mm. who was their star defender. I believe he's like 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, he was he was uh, just announced as part of the best starting 11 for the MLS for right. the entire season. Him and Atuesta, so, right? So, uh, him, Atuesta, and Carlos Vela uh, were big. the three That's uh, big. Uh, MLAFC players. Yeah. So, um, 
may, so I mean, the defense held its ground, the back line held its ground a lot, specifically with, uh, I believe, I don't know his last name is Blackman. Uh, I, I always forget his, fir- his first name, but he was inserted into the back line for Walker Zimmerman. And uh, he played great. I, for, for me, he played really great. And I feel like that's the only weak link in the back line because they do not have any tall defenders other than Walker Zimmerman. And, um, but I feel like that's the only bad part of LAFC. They're, if I had to uh, pick a certain point, would be their back line. And I feel like that's something that Seattle might have a chance to exploit uh, because they do play a lot of counterattacks. All right. Um, super. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you're hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, um, I, I agree. I agree with um, with Lewis. You, you, you cannot allow three goals in one game. You know that if you have a more defensive uh, uh, team in front of you, you know you you will lose the game. I mean, Galaxy had that same problem and they you know they they allowed five goals you know that's why they that's the only reason why that that game was uh with you know a lot of goals that their defensive Super, sucks. and, their and defensive it wasn't sucks. even just the three goals but it was some of those goals came as soon as they had scored so lafc they i believe when they took the two old lead they gave a one goal right away and then when they took the four two lead they, they uh, conceded another goal right away. So that, that was kind of a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, I think that if, if Galaxy, you know, wouldn't have... I think they were a little tired, actually, from that previous game, you know, and then playing yeah. within uh, days, you know. It, so I think if they would have been as rested as LAFC, it would have been a, a little bit of a different game, so... Yeah. Hey, uh, really quick, uh, before we wrap up here with this uh, segment, uh, Lewis, let's uh, we got to find out your prediction tomorrow. Uh, everything, including goal scorers, if any, let us know. Okay. Uh, my prediction for tomorrow's game, I believe, is going to be uh, 3-1. 3-1, who scores? Another high-scoring game. for. Uh, I obviously have to include Carlos Vela in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly how many goals, but I do know he... I feel I have a feeling he's gonna score uh, once again, and uh, I also feel like Blessing, Latif Blessing, who was amazing in this last game against Galaxy. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was just all over the field, just going back and forth, uh, getting the ball from the from the defense and bringing it back up. But uh, I feel like those two are gonna be the key players, and then also Diamande, who, uh, like Beast. I mentioned to you guys in the podcast, Beast. Uh, <laughs> he, his first game back for in a while. Right. He was actually just reinstated 10 days prior to that game. Uh, and he was a, a big game changer in the second half. But I feel like those three are the players, the key players uh, to the to this game against Seattle. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a very fun, intense, interesting game. Uh, Seattle obviously has uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz, uh, the Peruvian uh, former Liga MX player, uh, you know, who's been playing fairly, fairly good. Obviously, they have a just solid all-around team. So um, you know, I uh, I don't want to give a prediction, but I know Super does. What, Come what's your prediction? on, Come on, man! You gotta you gotta give a prediction. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Super. I know you love predictions. Go All ahead. right, four one, LAFC is gonna take it. So all right, you know, four one. Yeah, I know that. Super is a LAFC fanatic now. Yeah, uh, Luis Perez, what's your prediction for tomorrow? 
Oh, oh, oh. He fell asleep, I think. He fell asleep in his audio <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> I, don't think, I, I don't think he's an LAFC fan. That's yeah. right. He's not a big oh, okay. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have to get back to him. Hopefully that um, we didn't lose him uh, completely. We do see him still, but... Oh, come on, you... What do you think, man? You I, I think it. I, Joe, you got to give us a prediction, Joe. I I think that LAFC is going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer than three one or four one. I think it's probably going to be two one. And if you guys want to quote me on something, quote me on this: uh, the games are going to be scored late. You know, it's going to be Ooh. zero zero at halftime, and <laughs> it's going to be two one at the end. Uh, you know, LAFC winning. So. I, right. I, I can see, and obviously, like I want to, I want LAFC to win just so I can go to LA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a trip. It's a yeah. trip for me to LA. So, oh man. All right, uh, Luis Bravo, Luis Bravo. Thank you very much, dude. Uh, hopefully, you make it out to the game tomorrow and you get a chance to enjoy it. And you can tell us all about it in the following week, dude. Yeah, guys, I gotta rest of my voice a little bit. I'm still kind of uh, a little <laughs> ronco from the last game. I still haven't uh, recovered, so uh, <laughs> probably drink some. Uh, Get right now yeah, and save some of your sa- save some of your dollars, dude, because I'm sure that the uh, ticket to the MLS Cup final, if they make it, it's going to be through the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> awesome, dude. Take care, man. Thanks again. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Luis Bravo. Nice job by him. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Super. Got to switch up gears here. Oops. Yeah. So, uh, um... Is Luis back on or? I don't know. Let's he, uh... let's see if we can hear him. Can we hear him? Hey, Luis, are you on? Oh, oh man, hold on. Luis. Hold on. We're gonna have to leave. we're gonna have to get him magically over here through the um, uh, through WhatsApp or something. So stand by, <laughs> Luis. We'll, we'll we'll connect with you in a second. And um, I know you've been joking about it for a second, and most people are gonna get to see, not joking, but obviously laughing. Uh, and most people are gonna get to see why you've been laughing. And there's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm going to explain why. El mago. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call myself el mago. Uh, I would just say that I'm wearing this because I feel that things are getting really ugly in the IMX. <laughs> they are. They're getting. They're getting. They're getting really ugly, and we're getting to a point where I, I just don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. And hold on, before you say anything else. All right, all right. What's he doing, Super? You're gonna pull that one out of your sleeve, Carlos. <laughs> Better? Hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I think that only a magician can make Liga MX get back to normal. I think that. Um, <laughs> It's in a tough spot, dude. It's in a really, really, really bad spot. And I don't know what to turn... Uh, like, what can give it, like, a positive PR? It's just been a nightmare, a cluster. I don't even know what to call it, but it's just been awful, man. It's been awful. I don't like it. It makes me feel ashamed. Uh, and if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not the players, it's the coaches. If it's not the coaches, it's the fans. What the f is going on, dude? Hey, man, it's Jesus it's, Christ! It's like always, what, it's what's going always on? Always been like that. It's there's nothing new, nothing from Liga MX surprises me. 
So it's just that I was hearing, like, obviously, we're going to talk about the new thing that is happening, the new happening in, in Liga MX. Uh, Gustavo Matosa's firing, right? Of course. Is that where you're going? That's <laughs> what, but that's one of one of many things in Liga MX, uh, and it's just getting. I I don't know. Again, you know, we saw the fights, right? Then we saw what Tigres did. Yeah. And this Matosas thing, obviously, nobody is surprised about that. Let's not kid nah, ourselves. Nobody's nah, going to say... he's not the only one. Of course not. Of course not. If we were to really dig into it and find out about other coaches, we would definitely find them. Yeah, definitely. I, I would never, ever think otherwise. No me hago menso, and I'm not going to pretend <laughs> that corruption does not happen in Liga MX. But the reality is, dude, that if we're trying to just bring more fans to Liga MX, we got to clean up that act. That, like I said, it's it's just it's it's always been like that, dude. It's just now that uh, you know, like this is specific subject. They, I heard rumors that, you know, it was uh something that they want somebody wanted to get back at San Luis. At San Luis, right? Uh, this is this is bigger Matosas. than Matosas, man. Because this thing is is an old, it's a, it's of course, old, it's from uh, when he was a coach with Leon. Yes, this, which this was like two thousand what? Eleven, two thousand twelve. I think the yeah. call was from two thousand twelve. So that's seven years um, ago. I don't know. Uh, so it's it's crazy, dude. I, it's I, I, crazy. Hey, uh, so, Luis, are you on? Yeah, what? Why can't yeah. we hear him? So we can't hear him. But he's here, but I don't know, Luis. What happened? What did you do, man? <laughs> oh, uh, we have like all these like what about now? technical difficulties, and it sounds like we're fine. And then I don't know, we don't hear. Hold on, <laughs> let's say try again. All right, anything now? Ooh, oh, there you there go. There you go. All right, dude. All right, now I don't know which one's working because I have uh, leave them all the on. Dude. I, I have the WhatsApp Bluetooth in one ear, and then I have the uh, <laughs> the Hangouts in another ear with the mic. So <laughs> I think we're listening to you through um. Through hangout, so you got us. Yeah, I can hear you guys perfectly. Oh, look right, at you! Right, you sound so go. crisp now. All right, well, so chip <clears throat> in, chip in, man. Yeah, yeah. Talk, tell, 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 super here, dude. That tell him that I'm not exaggerated. Tell super that my rant is justified, please, or is it not? It is. Uh, it is justified. Uh, but in a way, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's it's one of those rare instances where I kind of agree with Super Two. It's we all knew it was going on, so it's not surprising. But the fact that, like you said, it's one after another after another after another. There's, I mean, I don't think there's a, a PR firm on the planet that can save uh, Liga MX from at least this season right now. Well. Yeah, well, listen. The, the comments in, in 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 YouTube are coming. So, and there's someone saying here that there's corruption everywhere, even in FIFA. Man. Of course, <laughs> yeah. There's corruption. They're, they're absolutely true. There of course, there's, there, there's stories coming out all the time about uh, the 2022 World Cup coming up. Yeah, there you and go. all the corruption there was with a uh, Qatar getting it. Uh, and it, it cost it, a, uh, people look, are in jail. Look, uh, Luis, I'm not. I'm not saying that. 
the corruption in soccer is not rampant. The corruption in soccer is probably just as bad as just political corruption yeah. worldwide, or maybe even worse. What I'm saying, though, is that when things are getting on cover left and right, it, it's kind of like you you stop talking about the games, right? You stop focusing uh, off the field because you start having to dig on other stuff and look for other things. And the truth is that, you know, we're like we're like a bunch of chismosos. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in the sense of that's what you do, obviously, as journalists, right? Yeah. As a reporter, you have to dig, you have to dig, you know, and, and people have to be held accountable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit that... That that this was in two thousand and five or eleven. I don't even know what. Yeah, what was he? What was he telling coach? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, seven years ago. Yeah. It doesn't matter that it was twelve years ago. People have to be held accountable. That's the bottom line. It, but you know what? Kudos to San Luis Directiva, man. Because for what? Yeah. Kudos for what? Because they fired him. They fired the him. Yes. Did you read the comunicado? <laughs> they fired him. Did you read the comunicado? Dude, they fired. It doesn't matter. Hey, Luis Perez, did you read the and, comunicado? And just yeah, it was just, uh, it made it look like it was a, a mutual decision right? because of conflicting. How can you give kudos to that, dude? Yeah. Listen, they got to pay him. They, well, they of course, probably, they got to pay him regardless. They probably made an agreement. Right, but they what I'm saying is like, and, and you, can't, to, you can't give kudos to San Luis. Dude. Dude, how are you going to give think, kudos to San Luis listen, for, 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 well, think about it, think the, about it, right? You're giving them kudos I would give him kudos if they said, no, we're going to fire his ass because of the shit that he did. And that's a whole different story. Well, yeah, but... Right? You know, they're washing their hands and they're basically saying, you know what? It's like, okay, ni por ti, ni por mi, it's cool. Let's just kind of like, you know, put it under the rug. That's all they're doing, dude. But Oh, por decisiones técnicas and because of like, you know, bad play or whatever. He lost uh, five games. He won only two games. He hasn't... It's like kind of like they were... Imagine, imagine... If San Luis actually would have been, you know, doing really good, and they would have won six games, lost only one, then but, what would they have done? Yeah, but uh, listen, I think now that uh, Atlético de Madrid is in, is involved with with San Luis, how do we know there's not corruption there either? Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that part. But didn't I they just come off of a FIFA suspension for <laughs> transfers not too long ago? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. Never mind. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, super. <laughs> yeah, it's it, but uh, no, but it seems like they're taking some right decisions though. The the same thing will happen with the um the punishment that they got from uh the Liga. That was another joke, of co of course. But uh, you know, they the guy came out and said uh, uh um what's his name um yeah el directivo uh and he said, listen, you know, we're gonna take it how it is, and we're not gonna go to a different stadium. We're just gonna play our games. Right here, with no, you know, no fans. So you know, that's that's good. You know, okay. that's good. So yeah, but that's that's two different things, though. Super. That's one is what they got for the the fight that they're saying. Well, okay, we're we're gonna take the penalty. We're okay with what's gonna happen. And a completely different thing is what's going on with with Matosas, man. Well, that's where they like wash their hands and they they get rid of him. You know. Yeah. Hey, and Joe. Uh, Kind of tying into that article you wrote not too long ago, do you think he still gets another shot in Liga MX? You think anybody's going to call no. him maybe in a, a year or two no. after this all blows no. over? No, I don't think that. I don't think he gets another shot in Liga MX. Maybe somewhere else. But I think Liga MX, there's a lot of pundits and a lot of watchdogs. Like once something like that happens, 
I think that ultimately, you know, the media becomes like mega hardcore when it comes to that, you know, because they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. You're going to give that guy a shot again. Um, I, I don't see but him I think getting it's, uh, it's like they say, if, if, you, if he can make a team win, they're forgiving because, I mean, those outrage over Piojo's altercation with Martinoli that cost him the, the national team position. But when he came back with Cholos, they were kind of like, well, yeah, he kind of did this bad thing. But, well, that's why he's not Cholos and he's not at a big team. And that lasted, what, about a season, season and a half yeah, before he was yeah. back with America. So, I mean, they're, they're, even the media in Mexico tends to look the other way if – if one, it's for someone they like, and two, if it's one of the big teams. No, that, that, that's fair. That's that's fair. But I think that a lot of it probably has to do with, you know, like you said, the compadrismo, right? And that's one of the things that I wrote, you know, that I mentioned in the article a lot. Like if it was, if, if, if that played a big role, and I think it does. And you're right. If he does have, I don't, I don't know the guy, obviously. And I don't know like how powerful his relationships are with the owners who ultimately make the, the final call and the final decision. But at the end of the day, uh, does he easily get another chance? I don't think he easily waltzes into another team, uh, even if it means like, uh, okay, yeah, you know, because this guy's a proven winner. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not, uh, like, if this was Tuca Ferretti, you know, doing that, which I don't see, you know, I don't see him doing that. Hey, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I would. Nobody, actually, I would not be surprised by anyone. Yeah, that's I, I would not be surprised by anyone. But my point is, like, somebody who's won, like, you know, six titles or five titles, right, in, like, ten years. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, if you have that kind of caliber yeah, yeah. coach, yeah. then maybe after several years, then it's like, okay, maybe let's try to sneak him in. But I, I don't know. The point is that it, this this sucks, dude. This sucks. Yeah. I that's mean. all I can say. Um, But anyway, so that's one of the things that sucked. <laughs> the other thing that sucked was that uh, homophobic... Um, slang chant that chant <laughs> you know who a lot of people again we talked about this in the past and a lot of people still continue to uh you know think that it's not offensive it is offensive because fi somebody finds it offensive nobody wants to use nobody wants to hear the word oh, okay I, sh I shouldn't say nobody but I'll, nobody should hear the words because there is people that find find the word offensive that's the reality and the point is that in the game between uh, Atlas and Necaxa in the 94th minute, the referee stopped the game. But the funny thing was that not because that was not funny. Let me just try to rephrase that. <laughs> it was curious to see how the announcers were confused yeah. at the stoppage of the game. Yes. That's what was funny. Yeah. The, the announcers were like, oh, yeah, they're going to review that play. Blah, blah. Like, yeah, he's going to. Oh, the game, the game's over. Yeah, the game's over. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it does. It is kind of funny in a way when you think about it because those are the same guys coming out on TV right. saying what's going to happen if right. they keep doing the chant. Right. <laughs> and even they were confused by it, like, oh, shit, it's really happening. Right, right. And then the guys see the guy being carried away. <laughs> no, I didn't see that part. Dude, they were carrying him away. Yeah, there's a picture of them carrying the, the fan away. Oh, the guy uh, that yeah. Wait, the guy, but wasn't <laughs> the it guy like... Wasn't it hundreds of fans that chanted? Yeah, I don't know. So, like, how are they going Yeah, but you got a scapegoat. Yeah, of course, right? Uh, yeah, because that's one of the things that uh, that they, they say, that they had to get the people that that chanted. But again, if it's only one person, obviously it, it would stick out like a sore thumb. But if it's, like, hundreds, right, how do you do that? 
Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 the point is that the game was stopped, right? And and then also the other interesting thing was that when they were about to do a free kick before the game finished, did you guys notice that the referee just ended the game? Um, yeah. yeah, he just stopped it. He, he just didn't stopped want to it. get he into it anymore. Like because he knew that the fans were going to... They were waiting for it, and they still chanted it's, it. You know, it's... I don't know. It's hard, you know. I did a poll uh, on our Instagram stories, and I asked... Um, individuals if they thought that the chat was going to go away and a lot of people still think that it's not going to go away regardless of the consequences do you guys agree well funny yeah. story on that joe is like i said we we, we don't have mls here we have a, a usl team obviously a lot of the fan base here for soccer is mexican american mexican uh, they come over from uh from juarez to watch the games um that chant happens here but what they did is because the games are broadcast over ESPN Plus, now the announcer takes over the chant. So when everybody starts warming up and goes starting with the a, once the the word's gonna get yelled, they replace it with chuco, which is kind oh. of slang for El Paso. Huh. So to the ESPN fan watching at home, it sounds like they're saying a chuco, when in reality we, if you're in the stadium, you know what's what's going on. Maybe that's a way. Of, Mexican soccer can can take it over when once it's going to happen. I mean, every game is broadcast. Maybe they need to start something like that. Uh, but honestly, just the, the the chant itself is 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 going to stick. Or maybe they need to tie it to something else, uh, tying it to the U seventeen. Wasn't the when the was the U seventeen the yeah. one the World Cup uh, Mexico won in in Mexico? Yep. Where instead of yelling the the homophobic slur, they yelled "fua." because that was a YouTube video that was right, uh, hot right, at the right, time. Right. So, I mean, uh, maybe something like that would work. Yeah, um, but who's going to lead that charge, Unless right? a, a, a selection game gets stopped, I don't see it going away. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that is happening that people are paying a lot of attention to, and they're not paying attention to the right things. And this is still, like, one of those things that that is happening. And there's a lot of things happening um, in Liga MX that require attention, but again, the most important things aren't really, you know, um, and I said, you know, and I told myself I wasn't going to say, you know, but the 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 thing that Liga MX needs to pay very close attention is this particular topic, this particular issue. They're still not doing enough about it. That's the bottom line. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, until they get uh, a more serious punishment, I guess. And it's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, FIFA is... It's, really, it's gonna uh, crack. They're gonna crack, crack down, down, and I would not be surprised if Mexico misses the World Cup, or you know, or or gets in again in, in in trouble. They already missed the World Cup in 1990, and that's yeah, that, happened it, it was it was, it's times. happened in the past. Yeah, um, I wanted to quickly uh, just uh, bring this up because uh, uh, Jose Maldonado is asking us what's your opinion on Nicolas Castillo's missing uh, one to three games for showing the Chile flag after uh, he scored. Uh, if it's going to happen, is it fair? Uh, what do you guys know about that? It was something about some, something's going on in Chile right now, right? I mean, I didn't. You don't know the details about that, but okay. Know, so if he's showing, about it. if he's showing the flag after he scored, like what? Like is it under his shirt or? No, he took out a, a flag out and he actually was like, you know, showing it to the camera, I guess, and 
He was just celebrating. And yeah, and, so so what? And I think he got a yellow car or a red car. I think a red car. But is that part there. of the whole suspensions for celebrating? I didn't hear anything about a suspension though. Mm, I okay. Hear, I I have I'll have to look into that. Yeah, we gotta go. Look, uh, we gotta look more into that, Jose. But that to me just sounds. Yeah, like actually, a, I uh, I kind of did pull something up here, uh, quickly. Uh, they're saying that it was a fault to the uh, code of ethics, oh, I guess because it's course. political. There's a turmoil going oh, on right, in right, Chile. Of course, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. Nicolas Castillo of America and mm-hmm. actually Jean Meneses mm-hmm. of Lyon. Yeah. I believe they both did the same thing. Uh, according to this article, uh, let me see, it's considered uh, like an ideology. Well, I'm going to read it in Spanish. Independientemente de la ideología. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Las personas. Yeah, yeah de Regardless las personas deben it's, it's basically uh-huh. what they're trying to do is, uh, it's like the whole Republican and Democrat thing, right? Yeah. That, yes, yeah, yeah, if you, you bring like politics into. You cannot. Right. Supposedly the, you cannot. Right. The, the crazy politi- thing, though, is that we've been talking about we've been talking about sports and politics and how like you should never mix sports and politics, but they interwine all the freaking time, you know. So it's uh, it's something that's always going to happen. And in this particular case, yeah, there's turmoil going on in Chile and there's a lot of people that, you know, are obviously upset about that. So I, I think it's just part of like, you know, the whole um the el reglamento, right? Like yeah, was, el reglamento says like say don't that, do yeah. that, don't, don't do that regardless. Yeah. So you is know. it fair if the if the if the rule says don't do that, then yeah, it's like know. it's it's. I mean, you know, you, don't take your you shirt off. Yeah, it's like you can't. Yeah, don't take your shirt off, and, and right. you're, you're not supposed to. So right. Bottom line, it, it is what it is. I guess. I mean, is it fair? You know. Yeah. That's kind of like. Right, and and I'm sure that. Uh, well, actually, Joe. Yeah. Uh, getting into the the rule a little bit more. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really iffy because near the end, yeah, it says you have to remain yeah. neutral over political and religious. So does that mean now they're going to start showing yellow cards for everybody that That's so uh, does the the, the crucifica right. the right, the right. praying before the game or after the game? So I mean, if you look at it by this, the what the law what the the rule says. I think it's over exaggerated. Yeah. But like you said, it's 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 interpretation and the Liga MX not wanting to get political, I guess. Right, right. They got a bigger fish to fry. They got a lot of other bigger problems than to worry about a guy that's uh uh right. you know, pulling out the country I guess the Luis, flag of the country he, he's from. Luis Bravo said that the flag had written against the Chilean government. Right. So yeah, I can see against that. the Chilean government. So, yeah, but also Mexico won't want to, you know. They don't want to get into. Let's beef. not get involved in that, and let's not, you know, support that because then, it, you know, it, it's politics again. But let's go ahead and it's let people politics. chant. Uh, you, don't, you know, you, you don't want to open the door for uh, politics no. and soccer, and especially no. in Mexico. Right, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that they don't want to open the doors up to, and um, you know, those those are the doors are wide open anyway. So, um. All right, so again, it's just disappointing because being Mexican, Liga MX fan, Mexican soccer fan, all this stuff is just not good uh, publicity. Uh, but besides the publicity, it's just screwed up. It's sad, and it's a shame because it makes me feel as though I am not proud to 
be a representative. And even for us who cover El Tri online and cover Mexican soccer, right? We don't want to cover this kind of crap. I, I personally don't. I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel great. Yeah, we kind of like, uh, you know. You know, when you have to talk about this stuff. Yeah, when you, ha- when you have to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it kind of it kind of sucks when, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Joe, but uh, yeah. like you're, you're on that high from what the MLS is doing in their playoffs. Yeah. And then you 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 you're tuning in Saturday and Sunday, well Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to watch Liga MX match it or or take it a step above. Yeah. And the first thing that pops on your screen is Matosas or it's right. the violence or it's what Tigres did or didn't do, or even uh, did you see the the new story? Uh, not to break <laughs> it in or anything, but uh, More? <laughs> with the with, yeah with the Liga MX uh, femenil, where the players from Puebla are accusing the ref of making them show him their undergarment before the game. (laughs) So so, sorry to throw that one at you too, Joe. (laughs) I got to research that one because I didn't know anything about it. Super, make sure Joe's not around any rope or wire or anything (laughs) you can use because it's getting bad, man. Holy smokes. It's it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I I think that some some people need to bounce, man. uh, Again, people need to be held accountable. And not enough people are held accountable. So until that happens, until like a big fish just falls or makes others literally crumble, things are going to remain the same. And uh, it's a shame, but that's just reality. The reality of uh, of uh, Liga MX and, and, and soccer. And, you know, that's what we have to deal with. Or you can always protest, right? You can always just do your own uh, kind, of, kind of protest, I guess, in a way. But... Um, Speaking of uh, Liga MX and football, uh, we're getting really close to wrapping things up here, um, Luis uh, Perez. But uh, you had mentioned Chivas and a quick fix. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, basically, I was looking at the the tabla uh, right now, and I think it's it's going to stay that way. Of the big four in Mexican soccer right now, only America's qualified. Uh, Chivas, Cruz Azul, and UNAM. I think Unam's the only one still fighting for a spot. They might still make it in. Yeah. But um, Cruz Azul is one of those teams that's had a very disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Now the guy that was in charge of that team is is going to be shifting towards towards Chivas. Do you <laughs> think he's he'll be able to fix Chivas, get them back to where they need to be? I'm going to let Super take on that. Or any or any or any of those three teams actually. Ahead, Chivas, Super. Cruz Azul, or Unam. You think there's there's a quick fix for all three of them? Super's dying. Or if it's that. if it's oh man, I see Super twitching. <laughs> <laughs> right, go, go ahead, Super. No, 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 continue, continue. Finish up. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, like you're, I said just just those 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 top 4 teams, Chivas, Cruz Azul, and Unam. Do you guys think it's a quick fix? A coach can come in there and 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 make them relevant again? Or do you think it's it's it, they're kind of going the way of Liga MX where they have to start getting out from the top down and then getting a new a whole new system going in, in those two teams to take them back to where everybody super. expects Go them ahead. to be? All right. Well, I just – 30 seconds. I just see great things coming from Pelaez. Pelaez has a lot of experience, and he has shown that, you know, uh, he's done great things with every team that he goes to. So there's a lot of changes coming into Chivas, and I, I do see – Good things coming out of this. You got 15 so, more seconds. Eh? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I still, uh, I and the way this uh, Liga MX works, they still have a chance to qualify to the playoffs. Yeah. 
they have a slight chance. They always so, do. You know. Yeah, up to the last second, they always do. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. crazy. And they have three games at home and one away. So there's good chance. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and beating Juarez, obviously. Yes, that helped a lot. So, yeah, but come on. Uh, don't get me started on that one, man. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, yeah, who knows? Uh, honestly, it's uh, it's really tough. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of the uh, dinosaurs in Liga MX. Um, <laughs> that's just a, if you haven't read my story, go ahead and read it. Uh, it's on eldrialine.com. Um, it's where are we going to find a new generation of coaches? We'll get more into that some other time when we have a little bit more time. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, Luis Perez, what do you have to say? Give me your uh, last uh, final words in 30 seconds. Oh, well, hopefully uh, we'll have a good week in uh, Liga MX. Is it a doble jornada coming up? It is. Uh, hopefully hopefully we have a, a, a couple of hopefully we have a couple of good games. Well, more than a couple. Uh, really good games, good goals, uh, good clashes to kind of get us thinking about something else and why we follow Liga MX and get all that negative stuff uh in the rearview mirror. Amen to that. Super, you got 20 seconds. Well, just looking forward to this doble jornada and uh, hopefully Chivas gets two out of two <laughs> or three out of three out of three because they got the first one already. So, you know, we'll see how that the weekend ends for them. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, as for me, I'm looking forward also to the doble jornada. Also, uh, really quick, uh, the ETO Quinella. Josue America 17, once again, winner of the Quinella. Uh, the grand prize that uh, regular season is getting really, really close. I think it's there's only a 13-point differential. There's three weeks left in the ETO Quinella. Three weeks, okay? Oh, yeah, this one. So this one's a doble jornada. Doble jornada yeah. And then one more. So three rounds, I just say. Three rounds, two weeks. So after this weekend, we could potentially determine a winner depending on the outcome. But again, a big reminder to everyone, the grand prize, Super, a ticket or two, actually, two, two tickets. tickets to any game of your choice in Mexico or the U.S. Once the regular season is over, you're going to have a full year to let us know where that game is going to take place or wh wh what it is that um, the game is going to go. And you're going to have two nights hotel. Unfortunately, because we did not get enough people to participate um, you know, we can uh, also include the travel, but hopefully next year when we start the Quinella, and if we end up giving a price similar to that, it may include the travel as well. There you go. You know, but anyhow, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's for the Ethiopian Quinella, and obviously really excited for the MLS Cup playoffs, the LAFC and Seattle Sounders, Toronto FC and Atlanta United taking uh, place on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively, and obviously all the Liga MX matchups. We'll see if Chivas ends up getting in a really good spot after these two games. So, that's it. There you go. All right. El Mago. All right. <laughs> oh, hold, hold on, hold on just a second. There we go. El Mago. There we go. What do you think, Luis? It's a good song, man. I, I like it. I was jamming to all right, guys. So on behalf of El Super Mojado. Hold on. Let me put you on. There you go. On behalf of El Super Mojado. Luis Perez.
I'm Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.